In the meantime, we've got to do what these verses in 1 Corinthians 10, 11 to 15 speak about. <clears throat> if you remember back, and you may not, we've looked at this, uh, privileges bring responsibilities. We've started looking at the, we well, looked at the first 10 verses. And uh, Paul used Israel here to remind us of how we should be living or shouldn't be living. <laughs> The advantages enjoyed by Israel as seen in verses 1 to 4. We've looked at that. And uh, <clears throat> God protected them, planted them, prov provisioned them, and pr promised his presence to them. And all these things he's done for the church. Then we looked at verses 5 to 10, the apostasy committed by Israel. So they advantage the advantage they enjoyed, but the apostasy committed. And you don't have to start reading. Read through uh, the judges and read through Kings, First, Second Kings, First, Second Chronicles. And first and second Samuel, and you'll see the ups and the downs, the ups and the downs of the children of Israel. It shouldn't be, shouldn't have been like that, and it shouldn't be in our life like that. And so the apostasy committed by Israel as they apostatized, and the cycle seemed to be about 40 years in ups and downs. And they cried unto the Lord, the Lord heard them when they repented, and he saved them by judges and, and through kings. Um, they invoke God's indignation in verse 5. They, by example, illuminate the pathway of ourselves today in verse 6. They were guilty of infatuation with the world. <laughs> Isn't that what's happening to people who are Christians today, infatuated with the world and all the gadgets and gizmos that we have? And if you notice advertising in the world today, it's like if you don't get this product, you're going to miss out. Um, if you phone now, you'll get you'll get double or something like that. They they always you're going to miss out. First fifty callers. That's a lie because you can ring them days later and they probably still give you the the, the, the thing. And if they've only had fifty callers, they're going broke. <laughs> but <clears throat> infatuated with the things of the world, and it's easy, very easy for young people to become that way. They were guilty of idolatry, verse 7. They were, we've looked at these. They were guilty of immorality in verse 8 of chapter 10. They were guilty of impunity toward God. It, it, it reads like the last days of the church, if you compare it with some of the verses in the New Testament. Well, this is the New Testament, but like Timothy and Peter. They were guilty of ingratitude. <laughs> An ungrateful child. An ungrateful Christian, what the Lord has done for us. We all always moan for what we haven't got, not praise for what we have got. And, and the Lord hears that groaning. <laughs> so there's a warning there. Now we come to the admonition applied by Paul in verses 11 to 15. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for this great example we have here of your people over a, a period of more than a thousand years, their ups and their downs, their heights of joy and righteousness and your blessing upon them and then the depths of sin and iniquity offering their own children as sacrifices. And Lord, the discipline you had to bring. And I pray, Lord, that we wouldn't sink to the depths of depravity that these, this nation did 
that we might always receive your blessing. We might always walk in your way and be keen to understand your word and hear your spirit speaking to us and knocking on our heart's door. Minister to us as the word is open, Lord. May you be seen and lifted up and may your ways be our ways as we leave tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> so the admonition delivered here by the Apostle Paul. Verse 11 and 12, the timeless truths that are discussed here. And as Timothy read it, now all these things happened unto them for examples. And what is come upon we who have these examples at the end of this world, I mean at the end of this verse, I just gave the answer, <laughs> upon whom the ends of the world are come. What a phrase. You think about that. <laughs> now Paul said this to Christians. What is come? The end of the world or end of the age. I think when you read these things, think about it. <laughs> what is the end of the age? What are ages anyway? What do we here at this church call ages? Dispensation. <laughs> Old people. <laughs> no, dis dispensations. Mrs. Campbell, write it down. You're taking notes. <laughs> dispensations. That's a period of time. At the end of the dispensations. This is, as it were, the last dispensation beside the millennium that's coming. <laughs> and what ages or dispensations have already occurred? And what happened at the end of each one? These things are written for our example. <laughs> Let's think of the first dispensation, which is probably one of the shortest ones, was the age of innocence. The age of innocence. What tragedy struck at the end of the age of innocence? They sinned. <laughs> they, put, they disobeyed God. They partook of the forbidden fruit and plunged every soul thereafter to be born sinners and live sinful lives and the creation fell along with it all the things that happened to it from creation to the fall man sinned then there was the age after that they had to live by their conscience they had to live by their conscience and how long did that age last 1,600 and 56 years, I think I've got it, 65, 56, might be the other way around. But that, well, you have to take out the period that was the age of innocence as well from creation. But what happened at the end of that? Well, all the examples, God speaking directly to man. You know, he, he spoke to Cain, he spoke to Abel, he spoke to Adam, he spoke to Eve. He fellowshiped with them. What happened at the end of all that? Did man succeed and become noble and, you know, everyone was godly? No, Noah and his family was left. <laughs> and it, it may get that way. It may be few at the end of this. We learn from them examples that this is the way it could be. Don't be discouraged. <laughs> at least we're not Jeremiah <laughs> or Ezekiel and those guys that only had a few friends or no friends. When speaking the truth, you'd feel like, is anyone listening? <clears throat> you know that elderly man said this. He said, I remember the day, and, and listen to this because someone said it here just recently. When 
You'd preach gospel messages and people would walk the aisle in repentance and tears. Who said that just recently? Here. Brother Hong said it, didn't he? Just, just recently. And he said, I said, I said, brother, that was just preached in our church. He said exactly the same thing. <clears throat> and uh, the imaginations of the, the evil heart of man was, was only evil continually, it says there. <clears throat> and as it was then, so it will be when the Lord comes. And then the dispensation, the age of human government, it's called. Noah, I've just put down Noah to Nimrod. Nimrod, a hunter for the souls of men. <laughs> and he, he got people to unite together, to build a tower in rebellion against God, spread over all the world. And what happened there? What tragedy struck that we're still putting up with today? Confusion of the languages, the language barrier that is there in trying to get the message of God across to people. Um, the age of promise. Abraham and uh, the covenants were given you know he gave the covenant the Davidic covenant the Abrahamic well the Abrahamic covenant the Davidic covenant the Palestinian covenant and these covenants were given the promises were given to this chosen people um, <clears throat> but right early there when the nation came out of Egypt what did they do made a golden calf God sitting in heaven who's Almighty, all-powerful, and omnipotent, and omniscient, and wouldn't you say I'm sick of these people? <laughs> if we had to put up with thousands of years of this same cycle where we don't learn from the past, this is what this is about: learning from the past. This is these are in, 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 in samples or examples to us, as it says in verse 11. And then God gave them the law, and even before the law was given to the people he's 40 days and he came down and he saw them naked before God offering to the golden calf that Aaron had made and he broke the tables of the, the commandments there how quickly they had gone astray and then yes they got the law and the law came and the law said thus thus and thus and what did they do this, this, and this. <laughs> they didn't do that, that, and that. Well, how they broke the law um, <clears throat> and Christ came. And we are living in the dispensation of grace at the present time, which soon will move to a rapid fulfillment and multitudes of promises will be fulfilled very quickly. Just like this week, bang, 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 things happen. When this happens, it'll be just, they won't be able to keep up if they are able to print newspapers and are able to give news out, if there are people around to, get to, to record and see what goes on. You know, <clears throat> we need to learn. Matthew 23 says, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, thou that killest the prophets, stonest them who are sent unto thee. How often would have I gathered thy children together as a hen gathers her chickens? And you would not. And this man talked about that last night <clears throat> you would not your house is left to you desolate and uh, as we look around today is the house of Israel desolate now could we say it's fully desolate no it's back there as a nation it's desolate spiritually but physically they're there they've got bodies 
they've got a skeleton there, you know, Ezekiel. <clears throat> and it's going to come to a rapid fulfillment. They're there ready. People say, well, you know, why did they have to come back like that? Because it says in the scriptures that they're going to make a deal with the devil, with Antichrist. How can they do a deal with the devil unless they're a nation back in their country? And how can they build a temple unless they're back in the country, which they're going to do? A, a tribulation temple, which won't last very long, will it? Because it will be destroyed for the millennial one spoken of in Ezekiel 40 and through to 48. So, <clears throat> yep, these things are at hand and are moving rapidly toward fulfillment. And the day of the Lord will begin that Joel speaks about and other Old Testament and Zechariah speaks about and, and the New Testament, Second Peter chapter 3 speaks about in Joel chapter 1 and verse 15 it says there, Alas for the day of the Lord no, alas for the day for the day of the Lord is at hand and as destruction from the Almighty shall it come. Chapter 2 verse 1, blow the trumpet in Zion and sound an alarm in my holy mountain let all the inhabitants of the land tremble for the day of the Lord cometh for it is nigh at hand we've heard, heard uh, uh, of all the tragedies that have happened there the destruction the murder and the mayhem and it seems to keep on increasing the things that they did before they killed people over there they tormented them they, they haven't told the detail of the torment of the people, of the children and the families that these, as the media described, even non-believing media said, these people are animals. That's what they said. I heard them say it this week. That's the way they treated the Jews who were sleeping at time very early in the morning when they did that. The day of the Lord will usher in some far more, far more wicked things that will be done to the nation of Israel. And it tells you in some what detail prophetically, you know, that the houses will be rifled and the women will be ravished. Isn't that what happened this week? Well, just over a week ago, it did. It literally did happen. Now, we're not in the day of the Lord yet, but it is at hand. Let's learn from these things. If the nation of Israel, a chosen nation, could go through these things because of their disobedience, what is it saying to us as Christians? Let's not go that way. But what is the church doing? Going that way. <laughs> it is going that way. Um, and the day of the Lord, over mentioned in, Peter, in the New Testament, you say, well, that's Old Testament. New Testament, 2 Peter 3, 10 but the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night. That's how it's going to come, in which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, the elements shall melt with fervent heat. This is what's going to transpire in the day of the Lord. It begins quickly, like a thief in the night, and then it moves forward for those seven years, plus another thousand. And then it talks about, in verse 12, the day of God. We covered those when we went through Peter. Um, <clears throat> A word of admonition from verse 11 in that now all these things happened unto them for in samples. For in samples. Written, as it says in the last part of us, for our admonition upon whom the ends of the world or ages are come. Now we've, we've talked about that. The end of the ages, the, the age we live in is the age of grace. And <clears throat> this is the dispensation where 
we by faith believe in the next dispensation what will it be like will they have to believe by faith or will they be able to see you see the Lord Jesus said to the people and disciples whom he ministered to you know you've been blessed because you've seen there are going to come people many generations he didn't say that but we know many generations who have not seen yet believe but in a day to come when the day of the Lord gets going at the end of the tribulation I mean it starts with the tribulation then at the end of that the Lord Jesus comes they can see him where will he be in Jerusalem and he'll be there abiding for a thousand years they'll be able to see and unless they come up and give homage to the Lord Jesus there's drought in that country and, and it goes on for a thousand years. <laughs> and you say, wow. You've se- you know, if one rose from the dead and we saw that, we would believe. Listen to what it says in the revelation of the Lord Jesus. At the end of the thousand years, after the presence of the Lord is there for all that time, in Jerusalem, that people can go and visit. How does it end? The devil's loose for a little season. He goes around and multitudes of people follow the devil. You say, what's wrong with people? When they can see, we, we believe by faith, they will see the Lord. They'll see his blessing. They'll, they'll see what he did. They'll have the record of the Lord's first coming, his second coming. They'll have the record of the lion's used to eat the lambs but now they're lying down with the lambs they'll have the record of I believe those creatures that have become extinct back present they'll have that and what do they do how wicked is man's heart deceitful and desperately wicked timeless truths we have here as a word of admonition here they backslid and had disdain for the word of God now they have that they replaced Christ with worldly religion idolatry we've looked at that mentioned that they committed immorality they tempted God with their disbelief they were determined and stubborn in their rebellion and as a word of advice in verse 12 the word of admonition verse 11 and word of advice in verse 12 wherefore let him that thinketh he standeth take heed lest he And what are people doing today? Falling. Falling. When we think, wow, we've got it together. We're able to do it. We'll survive. (laughs) But look, look at what Romans, back in chapter 11, says. It gives us this very warning. In verse 17, it says, And if some of the branches, and that's the Jews, were broken off, some of them stayed in because they believed, didn't they? The, Jew, the church started with Jewish believers. <clears throat> and uh, the wild olive tree were grafted in, that's Gentile people, among them. And with them partakers of the root and fatness of the olive tree. We didn't have to. We didn't have to suffer all that Israel did for the, the Old Testament and been taken captivity. But they did. 
but we just partake of all the rootness, root and the fatness. We've got the foundation, the Old Testament. We've got all those things that the prophets have told us about and the Lord Jesus Christ himself. Boast not against the branches. For if thou boast, thou bearest not the root, but the root thee. What are people saying about Israel? What are most churches saying about Israel? They're finished. <laughs> boast not against Israel, the root. Thou bearest not the root, it's the root that bears us. Praise God for what they did and how God used them and how God gave to us what we have, even the New Testament, from them and the Saviour as well. Thou wilt say then, well, they were broken off that we might be grafted in. What's that, an attitude? <laughs> I'm important. Look what happened to them. <laughs> and I... I wouldn't be surprised that the, the world, the nations of the world turn against Israel, twist, twist what's happened here, you know, don't, don't do anything, don't retaliate. I don't know what, what has happened. I haven't really caught, have they gone into Gaza yet? Not in, force, not, not in full force. There might be some small Yeah. <laughs> Did they say that before they went from Gaza into Israel? Yeah, but did the other way? Did it happen the other way when they, when the, they bashed the door down, they blew it up? And you see the, the the kibbutz gate where the fellow was, Gaza, the soldier from Gaza or whatever you call him, the terrorist, was trying to get under the gate and it wouldn't. We've been through those gates and you have to have a certain thing to get in for the gate to open. Then a car pulled up, shot the occupants. The gate opened because the car pulled up. And then they just went went straight in in the night without warning Israel it, it's like this when they bomb a place they do a knock on they call it that's a small bomb on top of the building you've got 15 minutes to get out so that they can get out and that's why the, with all the destruction that has happened with the bombing of Gaza right now there's it seems so few of them being killed because they're being warned. Now they're being warned to move south. It, <clears throat> well, God's got his... He's going to bring that nation to its knees. Israel and the others as well. God's using it all for his purpose. Tragic as it is. <clears throat> take heed. Take heed. In Romans, boast not thyself against them. Well... Verse 20, because of unbelief they were broken off and thou standest by faith. Be not high-minded. Don't be proud, but fear. It's not because of our worth that Christ died for us. We are unworthy, but he is worthy to receive our praise because of what he has done for us. Be not high-minded, but fear. For if God spared not the natural branches and he's... No. They're still happening to them. They're still being under the disciplining hand and rod of God. Take heed, lest he also spare not thee. Who's he speaking to? He's speaking to the church. Take heed, folks. And this is what Paul's saying over in Corinthians. Well, it's Paul in Romans as well. Behold, therefore, the goodness and severity of God on them who fell severity. And what we've seen is severity, isn't it? That, that's a terrible thing for a nation to go through. And everybody's been affected over there severity but toward thee Christians church goodness if if 
thou continue, conditional clause, if thou continue in his goodness, otherwise thou also shall be cut off. And they also, if they abide not still in unbelief, what will get Israel out of the mess they're in, in the situation where all nations, if they believe, if they believe who? The Lord Jesus Christ. He is their Messiah. And shall abide not in unbelief. They shall be grafted back in. And how much easier it is for an old, the old stock to be grafted into its own tree. For God is able. You know, we sing that song. He's able, he's able. And he's able to do that. And the nations of the world don't think so. But God knows so. And we know so as Christians. Uh, <clears throat> don't be proud. The word of advice, take heed. As it says back in Corinthians, in verse 12, let him that thinketh he standeth take heed lest he fall. It's usually pride comes before a fall. And that's what that verse is saying as well, isn't it? And uh, church, wake up, beware. And Proverbs 16, 18, pride goeth before dis destruction and an haughty spirit before a fall. And Galatians 6, 3 and Romans 12, 3 as well. So, timeless truths, verse 11 and 12. Temptation discussed under the admonition here delivered by Paul. Timeless truths discussed and temptation discussed. There hath no temptation taken you. We quote this verse out of its context, such as common to man. Put it back in where it is here. <clears throat> if we do what the Jews did, and rebel and revolt against the Lord and disobey him, temptation, things will come that we cannot withstand. But here it says, no temptation taking you such as is common to man. They fell, they were tempted. You say, well, they were Jews in a land that had the... Hey, we are Christians in a land. We have the promises of the New Testament. And we also can be tempted to fall away as they fell away. Put it in its context. Here, so <clears throat> the common temptation. There's the common temptations. There's the lust of the flesh, the lure of the world, the lies of the devil. He's wily and wicked. Ephesians 6 and verse 1. He's very divisive. Second Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 11. So there's common temptation, <clears throat> as it says in verse 13, to man. And then in the last part of verse 13, there's controlled temptation. God will not suffer you to be tempted above that which ye are able. God has his hand on the control. We can dial it up. Who did God dial up the, allow the temptation of the devil to be greater than a lot of men ever? Really, any man almost. Job. He dialed it up. You only protected him, said the old devil, because, you know, you blessed him. Well... Go and take everything away. And he did immediately. Well, the next time, the devil wasn't spruiking the next time. God said, what about my servant? <laughs> I can see the Lord smiling at the old devil. and saying, no, Didn't work, did it? Okay. Because you didn't touch his flesh, he's still serving you. God dialed it up a bit more. How much can God trust you and I with the things like Job went through. If he dials it up, what what could we say? Well, if that's the way God's going to treat me, I'm out of here. Has a, have people done that? Yes. 
I'm going to just forsake and scatter. I'm out of here. It, they can't, and we could turn to Job, we won't, but they can't stand the things that are happening. And they start blaming God for all the things that are happening. And instead of becoming better, they become bitter. It's the old saying, and that's in, in Corinthians. And if one has a bitter spirit, then it defiles many, as it says there in the book of Hebrews, isn't it? Chapter 12. So there's common temptation where all will be tempted by, and some of, you know, by the things that come our way. Some of us are weaker in some areas than others, and they're common temptations. Don't think you're, I'm unique. I've had a temptation. No one, I've gone through trouble. No one ever been. No one's had this. Yes, they have. And a lot worse if you read church history. Control temptation. <clears throat> If you're doing right, that controlled temptation might be dialed up. The Lord says, okay, I can trust this servant with more and more. <laughs> and if you had the things happen to you when you're, when you're old, the things that are happening to you when you're old, happen to you when you were a younger Christian, what might have you done? Walked out. <laughs> but the Lord can trust you with the dialed up, hotter, heater, temptation. You know, Turn the furnace, what do you say, seven times hotter for these fellows that won't bow the knee, Daniel's friends. And then there's scented temptation, I've called it, in verse 14. <clears throat> Where God will, with the temptation, make a way of escape, whether it be common temptation or controlled temptation, he'll give you the break you need, the way out from these things. We could approach it through word studies, but we're approaching it from the... Now, this is an example for us, as it says here. Centered temptation. In verse 14, Wherefore, my dearly beloved, flee from idolatry. This might be a particular temptation. The devil says, right, let's set it in. It's somewhat like we mentioned about Job. Center in on his goods. Center in on his health. And see if he will withstand the trouble that comes. The Lord allows, he doesn't tempt us, <laughs> he, he trusts us, and uh, he, he, he gives us victory, he doesn't let it go too far, as it said here, but there is centred temptation upon an individual or upon a church, and I'll, I'll tell you folks, we have been, I believe, at the church here, had the devil's centred temptation trials and tribulations we have there is no doubt about that <laughs> I've talked to others and some have and some ha haven't as churches uh, <clears throat> what are we to do when we're faced with these temptations it says here dearly beloved flee from idolatry and um, 1 Corinthians 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 14 says this Oh, that's where we are. <laughs> that's the first one. <laughs> Anything that comes between us and God. Flee idolatry. Flee fornication. 1 Corinthians 6 and verse 18. It says there, flee fornication. If this is a centered temptation, if the, the devil's bringing in a particular one at a particular time to try to make you fall and fail as a Christian, flee fornication. Flee idolatry. 1 Corinthians 10, 14. Flee fornication. Flee the love of money or the fascination of money 
in First Corinthians, it speaks of, I mean, First Timothy, chapter six, it speaks of fleeing this temp- this temptations of money, and the whole chapter there is given in chapter six and verse, well, the whole chapter, but verse eleven, it says, "But thou, O man of God, flee these things, which is verse ten, the love of money, it's a root of all evil, and the whole chapter is given to that. But follow righteousness." <laughs> and faith, and love, and patience, and meekness, it says there. Second Timothy chapter 2 and verse 22, it says this. Flee, all, all these have got flee involved. Flee, also youthful lust. Now, can an older person be entertaining youthful lusts? They can. You know, you go back to your, the old ways. Flee. All of us, the youthful lusts that can come. Flee idolatry, flee fornication, flee a fascination of money, flee foolish and hurtful youthful lust. And so many young lives are destroyed as they get involved with that and they lose their testimony and often lose opportunity to minister. But as 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 12 tells us, fight, so flee and Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life which thou hast uh, called to and hast professed a good profession before many witnesses. Fight the good fight of faith. And as James tells us in the book of James chapter 4 and verse 7, it says this, Submit yourselves therefore to God, resist the devil and he will flee. flee. <laughs> so I looked up the word flee and come up with these verses. If you stand by the truth of the word of God, you flee from these sins, but you fight and draw near to God, as it says in verse 8 of James 4. Submit yourselves to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from... How did the Lord resist the devil? What did he do? Pull out his physical sword like Peter and chop off an ear? No, he quoted the word of God. (laughs) Fighting against the devil is to be armed with the word of God as... Ephesians chapter 6 tells us to be. Um, Triumph over temptation is given in verse 15, back in Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Verse 15, I speak to wise men, judge ye what I say. (laughs) So Paul is intimating something here, that they would be wise and make the right choice. Look at Israel. See how it constantly failed. See how the possibility is for us to be tempted and fail. But we are to stand for the word. Stand against the devil. He will flee from us and we will have triumph over temptation. Speak to wise men. Are you a wise man, woman, generically speaking? Judge ye what I say. Is this right or wrong, Paul said? (laughs) Am I saying the right thing or am I saying the wrong thing? Well, he's saying scripture. It is the right thing, what he was saying. Judge it and do it. Um, <clears throat> they would get the tie, Christians, the Corinthians, would get the tie between the Old Testament and New Testament, between the type of Israel as a believing person and the Christian. Israel in the wilderness and the Christian life. In other words, Apply the scriptures, consider the consequences of being disobedient as illustrated by Israel and the consequences are uh, horrendous. Just look this week in Israel. 
and look, it's going to come. More to come. Now, <clears throat> as some people said, and there's a lot of people have been talking, but it says, when they say peace and safety, then comes sudden destruction. You never know what might come of all this. <laughs> all the nations are involved. Little 7 million people, well, 14 million Jews in the world. How, how big is the population of the world? Eight and a half billion. Have a little nation of it on the news all over the world all week. <laughs> Who wants it in the news? God does, because he's using them as an example to the world. And in Ezekiel 39, then the nations shall know, <laughs> and then Israel will know. He's working a plan out, and we're, we're on the ground witnessing, you know, like speak to Andrew and Israel on the ground. What's happening? What are they saying? I won't say what, he, what the, the locals are saying in Israel. But it's different to a lot what we hear on the media. <clears throat> so, triumph over temptation. Triumph over the things that will come. As Israel should have and didn't, but one day will. But they have to bow the knee. Didn't we sing that tonight? Bow the knee. Let's pray. O oh Lord, let us bow the knee to yourself your purpose, your plan, your word, and say, our Father knows best. And he's working out a plan to bring this world to its knees, to bring Israel to its knees, and, and if need be, to bring us as Christians to our knees, that we might look up and say, help, Lord, as Israel did many times, and you heard them, and you answered their prayer. And we'll answer their prayer. And you will answer our prayer. If a Christian humbles themselves under the mighty hand of God, he will lift them up. He will lift us up. Lord, bless this thought and may we be diligent not to fail in when temptations come, trials come, things that are allowed in our lives. May we flee when we need to and may we stand and fight when we need to give us the wisdom to know the difference Lord temptation comes that we might be strengthened and we might go forward victorious judge ye what I say is this not true that the word is true and every man can be a liar bless it to our hearts now in Jesus name